Welcome to the Random Tea Agent Carter Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Time and Tide. Yay! Always yay for Peggy. Always yay for Peggy. It's great. I-, I thought this was great, too. It was very great. I'm loving the whole show, though. I am, too. Um, I mean, when we first started watching this, it was the, still the concept of it being a miniseries. So you're soaking up everything you can yeah. because you don't know what more you're going to get. Exactly. But Peggy is so great. I love her so much. He loves the Peggy. But I really I really have been surprised how much I like the new characters. Yeah. I like Sousa. Yeah. I and like Angie. Dooley. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't stand him, but I like him. And yeah. Agent Thompson even. Yeah. I don't like him, but... I like him. He's a good character. He's, he's well. He's a well done character. And yeah. I also think the idea that there are only eight episodes, they're not having to do like a monster of the week thing. Yeah. They're not having to do filler episodes. It's just one really it's good story arc. One huge story arc. Yeah. And that's easy to forget because it felt a it. It felt almost as though it's going so slow, but it's not. No. Because each episode doesn't really have a beginning and an end. Right. Like most shows do. Yeah. We're looking at a big, this is like an eight hour movie. Yeah, pretty much. In a way. So, so yeah, it's, it's got to, you know, you, depending on how you look at it, that can be both a positive and a negative because yeah, it feels a little slow, but there's a reason. Yeah. And it's all really well done and you don't get those one-off episodes where you're like, I don't know what that was. No, there's not a single filler episode. There's no bottleneck. Mm -mm. There's no, you know. Just buying time. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. So there's something to be said for keeping it this mm-hmm. ep- number of episodes Short and small. Sweet. Um, so it was directed by Scott uh, Winant, and um, he directed Winant. like 13 Winant. episodes of True Blood. Winant, 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 Winant. Winant. I that's, don't know. that's what I said. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, he directed like two episodes of Fargo, two episodes of Breaking Bad, and one West Wing episode during the Golden Age when it was really, really good. Okay, but nothing Marvel, no, no, mm-mm. not doesn't even sound like anything really of that. Ilk. Those were those were the biggest things that I huh. that stuck stuck out at Interesting. me. Interesting. Um, it was written by Andy Bouchel, um, and it's Andy with an I, so I think it's a lady, but IMDb didn't have any kind of information like that. So well, we can't gender type exactly. So, so you know, they um, wrote Criminal Minds, someone, Ooh. someone alias. Any Criminal Minds? We any Criminal Mind episodes stuck out. Okay. Um, and also Eric Pearson was the story editor, um, and he wrote, uh, episode two of Agent Carter and, um, a lot of the one-shot screenplays. Okay. Okay. So for, uh, I think. Sounds like somebody's holding hands. Yeah. For a writer that wasn't necessarily Marvel. But it sounds like he, he may know what's going on and trying to keep everybody on track. Yeah. So I like that. Thank God somebody does. I like that. So anything else before we get into the recap? Nope. Not really. Okay. So, we start out at the Griffith, and uh, there's this guy that's standing in the shadows, and they're leading you to believe it's a uh, green suit. All I can think of is, only the shadow knows. <laughs> and it is, you know, New York, so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he's looking up at the window, and we, we, go, to, we go inside, and Peggy is um, trying to look at the, uh, she's trying to identify the symbol that Brannis drew before he died. No, wait. No, she's wait. curling her hair. She is curling her hair. She's doing all the little circles mm-hmm. and she's pink curls, pink curls, and pinning them all into yeah. place. I mean, women went through so much trouble, yeah, to do their hair back then, and her hair always looks perfect. It was I was glad to see prep go into prep it. work. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
Because yeah. she doesn't just wake up beautiful. Yeah. Well, she does stuff. She, she does, does wake up beautiful. But, you know, the hair and the makeup has to be done. Yeah. And I'm glad we saw that. Yeah, that was kind of nice. Um, and so she hears, um, like, we see this guy start climbing up the building. And uh, she she hears him. And she opens her window up and points a gun at him. And it turns out it's it's some punk um, who is looking for his girlfriend who lives next door. And uh, she's like, it's one room over. And he's like, could I trouble you to she's slam? She's so <laughs> pissed, too. She's not happy about it. Um, because now he's seen that she's got a gun. Yeah. I guess that would not make her happy. But can we talk about this symbol book real quick? Okay. This book of symbols. She's flipping through this old book of symbols. And I don't know which. Check, check it out of the library or check it out of the SSR. I wish. I don't even know where she got it from. But she keeps looking at the sketch of the symbol. Yeah. And I'm like, she's staring at it as though she's trying to figure it out. I'm like, look, it's a heart with a squiggle through it. Do you really have to keep looking at it? <laughs> it's a heart with a squiggle. Yeah. It's not that complicated. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I guess to make us memorize what it looked like as an audience. Could be. It's a heart with a squiggle. It's a heart with a squiggle. It's not that complicated. Yeah. I, I guess after two and a half seasons of Sleepy Hollow and looking at symbols that yeah. I find it a little incredulous. Yeah, that could be. So, Whatever. You know. Um, so we go with uh, Thompson and uh, our fun friend, Ray Krasminski. Um, and who, okay, I like his character. Yeah. I think, I think the guy, I'm not going to try to say his name because I will stumble right through it. Mm-hmm. I think the guy is an asshole. Mm-hmm. I think he's a womanizer. Mm-hmm. But damn, they play him well. Yeah, I know. I know. You're not supposed to like him. He's great. Exactly. Sorry. So they go to the hotel of the, they found the key that fell out during the tussle. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question to you is, is this, is this Green Suits hotel yes. room or is this Brannis' hotel room? I think it's Green Suits Hotel. I think room. it is too because he was the one that was on the top of the. Um, He's the one. Truck. The, the key fell out of. Yeah, because yeah. they show very dramatically the key. That's what I thought. Yeah, so that's it's his room. Plus, I don't think that Brannis would have been communicating with. No, no, because he left Leviathan. He left Leviathan. So, so yeah, this is Green Suits room. So this is Green Suits room. I want to call him the Riddler. Yeah, the Riddler. <laughs> no, he's got blonde hair. Oh, sorry, this is not DC. So, um, w- one thing just to kind of cement in your mind that. Krasminski is a complete womanizer is he passes this uh, hooker in the hallway and she's like hey Ray he's like how you doing shut up Dooley don't care I know and so uh they search they search the hotel room they find all kinds of they do fake some, passports they do some damn fine detective work they search a room well he takes a knife and cuts open the seat of a chair and that's as far as they go and I'm like yeah. really that's it and Krasminski will continue to to bring this up the entire rest of the episode they're his passports. They're his passports. They belong to him. And um, they also found find the, the weird typewriter texting machine thing. But Dooley uses a handkerchief to look at it. Thank you. Yeah. Because I don't know how many times we have people go into crime scenes or whatever and are investigating some hotel room and they don't bother to put on a glove. See, that's the thing. I don't think Dooley's bad at his job. I don't think Thompson's bad at his job. They're no, just, they're not. They're, they're dinosaurs looking well, at it from the way we look at it well and they're also not in the know yeah they don't know everything um, that peggy knows howard stark they don't know uh jarvis they don't you know they're yeah. not on the inner circle they haven't read the script so i think they do good police work considering i know uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so, so we go back to the Griffith, and um, the next morning after the the guy sneaks in, or tries to, um, and Molly is bragging. Yeah, Peggy's having breakfast, and Molly's like, "Yeah, uh huh," as she should be. And and Angie's Angie's like, uh, you know, they ask Peggy if she has a fella, and Angie's like, "No, what about that guy you meet in, in the automat?" And she's like, "I the don't." Suit. I think she calls him the suit she's or something. Like, and and Peggy's like, "I I don't know what you're talking about." Okay, at least. <laughs> At least they show us that Angie has noticed yes, Peggy with Jarvis. Noticed. Because when you sit back to back in booths, like even though you're in two different booths. And they're talking to each other. They might as well just go ahead and sit in the same booth. It would be less conspicuous. If they did that. If they were in the same yeah. booth. Yeah. But she tells her that Jarvis is just a colleague. And uh, this, is when, this is when Miriam comes in and she has a Bless story her. to tell. Bless her. Because one time Harry Houdini came to the Griffith. And he astounded everybody with all his tricks, but he could not manage to the ascend the, the stairs. stairs. And everybody's like, oh, shit. And I love I Angie because she's like, she's like, Houdini's never good. She's, she's heard this story. <laughs> I love Angie. I love Angie so much. I do, too. I want her as a neighbor. And uh, so, of course, Miriam knows that, that Molly uh, got some. Mm-hmm. And she's kicking her ass out. Mm. And so, but Miriam does make the comment that the building is impenetrable. And Peggy gets that look. And Angie's like, what? And she's like, I don't believe any place is impenetrable. Da, da, da. And she grabs her jacket and leaves. Yeah. Assumingly going to work. So. Yeah. yeah. So um, before we get any further, I know we wanted to talk about our sponsor. We have a sponsor. We do. Who is it? It's unofficial natural fandom fragrance. Yay! Did I say it right? You Yay! said it. Yeah, I like them. I you too. just got some new stuff in. I, I got so much stuff. You did. I got like Crowley and Wonder Woman and Dumbledore and wa- two White Walkers and Harley and Joker and Charlie from Supernatural. Oh, wow, you got a lot. Yeah, I got a ton of stuff. So I'm, I'm still waiting. Mine hasn't quite come in yet. I'm still waiting I'm, on it. I'm like every morning. I'm like, I, what? But what? What should I? I'm, I'm still kind of hooked on the Hermione Yule Ball right now. It's really good. They still have some. Yeah. It's limited edition, but they got a few left. They have some White Walkers, too, I think. Still. They do. I think they do. But what they have on the side is all that they have left. Yeah. And, it, guys, I mean, this stuff smells great. It's not perfume, so it's not, like, overwhelmingly strong or anything. No. But it smells so nice. It's made with essential oils. You get a two-ounce bottle. It's uh, an amber bottle, which is what you're supposed to keep essential oils in. They start at like $4 a bottle, Yeah. depending on the ingredients, because they're trying to make it affordable for everybody. And they've got Supernatural. They've got Doctor Who. They've got Sherlock. DC. Um, they don't have any Marvel yet. They have a butt-ton of Disney princesses. They have all the Disney princesses. They've got Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, Her- uh, Harry Potter, because I'm waiting on Dumbledore. Dumbledore's nice. I want my Dumbledore. Dumbledore's good stuff. Dumbledore and uh, Han Solo. And they've got a Jon Snow, mm-hmm. in case you know nothing. And, and you need to spray yourself. Oh, gosh. I can't even keep up with all the fandoms they have anymore. And, guys, if you go and use our code RANDOMTPODCAST, no T. No S. No S. Please put no the T. T yes. In. Did I say T? Oh, gosh. There's no <laughs> S on the end. There is a T. Uh, you get 10% off if you order $5 or more, 
and it's so easy to spend five dollars i mean that's one bottle yeah really um yeah. and if you don't if you're not ready to commit you can get a sample for 70 cents and they will even work with you on a custom blend so yeah. check them out guys they're on etsy the link is in our show notes the link is on our front web page go and check them out yeah and one other thing i also wanted to remind people of is that they can talk to us they can talk to us. We're easy to talk to. Yeah, we are. Um, they can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com. They can, or they can get us on Twitter at randomtcast. Or on Casts. the Tumble at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Absolutely. And that's a lot of information. So you can uh, go and check out our website at randomtpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, you can check out all of our different podcasts because we're doing, uh, you know, we've got agent carter of course uh agents of shield mm-hmm. we're doing the mcu we just finished recording for the incredible hulk yeah yeah it was painful but we got through it <laughs> and uh but also there's gotham and sleepy hollow and then there's our random movies uh where we just babble about stuff which we would love you know to hear some suggestions for that that would be great yeah we, and we are and we are planning on doing a christmas themed movie soon yes you just decided i did that we were doing that <laughs> well you know i was with the whole halloween thing so we're, we're even yeah um but yeah you can also you can also check out our own social media stuff on there mm-hmm. um our tumblers and twitters and whatnots and stalk us if you like we don't mind it's fine so but yeah talk to us about agent carter or any of the shows we podcast we would love to hear from you and you can we'll respond to you on air and it'll be great it'll be yep. like a conversation yep It'll be awesome. There you go. All right. So. So meanwhile. So meanwhile. So we go back to the SSR and um, Krasminski and Thompson are telling, they're filling Julian about about uh, what they found out about Leap Brannis. Right. Because they're investigating from two different directions. Right. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I know. It's, see, it's not police work. It really isn't. Procedural shows drive me so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that... That this guy was Russian, and um, they had him. On oh, the- Russian mm-hmm. as in Russian nationality. I heard you say Russian as and though he like, was rushing across dead. the room. You're like, he's sorry, dead. he's not Russian. Um, and so uh, he supposedly died in the Battle of Finau, which was two years ago. Uh oh. Um, and so because because I love it because well, they're like people they're like Dooley, he's dead, and Dooley's like, um, I'm looking at his autopsy, son. I'm aware that he's dead, <laughs> and they're like, no, no. No, no, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, try. Yeah. Uh, two years ago. Well, you know, people who die in Marvel do not stay dead. I mean. True. Look at Captain America. Look at Bucky. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Natasha's even died a time or two. Probably. Yeah, probably. So um, so they found out that, that also the, the lab techs uh, have confirmed what we already know is that the uh, typewriter is some kind of a transmitter. And yes. pretty long range. And of course... Uh, Thompson's first question was Russia long range Thompson's not stupid he's not stu- he's a meathead but he's not stupid no he's not stupid he's, he's got a single track mind ignorant when it comes to gender equality and whatnot it's the world he's grown up in in, yeah. a, in a sense he's never challenged that yeah. so he's not much of a free thinker no and so uh, Thompson apparently has contacts in at the Russian embassy because what's his name does not yeah <laughs> and that was, uh, that was great yeah. Do you have do you have friends in Russia yeah. or anywhere? Yeah. No, he does not. No, he does not. I'm I'm actually marveling at the fact that he got somebody that Krasminski got somebody to marry him and date him. That he has a girlfriend well, and a wife. Well, the hooker he paid, so That's true. Yeah. And so uh this is when Sousa comes in and he tells him that um You know what I don't like? What? 
Is that how all the other men in the department? Because this whole episode, he's trying to get somebody else to take his shift. Yes. That night. Because he promised his girl. That he'd take her to the show. He'd take her to the show. And he tries to get Carter to do it. And in such a very not nice way. And he says to her. And she comes back at him with, is it your wife or your girlfriend? Yeah. He, the fact that they make it seem acceptable. And everybody knew about it. Everybody knew about it. Yeah. And that it was acceptable. And I'm like, that's. I don't care what what decade it is. It should not have been acceptable. No. No. That bothered me. But this show is all it's it's in the 40s yeah. and this they're showing I think they kind of went a little overboard. Yeah. With showing how chauvinistic it was. Yeah. But I think it's it's a contrast for people that weren't aware, you know. Or maybe it just rubs me the wrong way personally Could or be. something. Who knows? So Sousa comes in and he tells them that uh, they traced the license plate that Krasminski actually did find. Because I found that. Like, it was me. That. Um, and it, it's traced back to Stark. And so Dooley's like, all right, let's 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 go. Uh, we got to find out who's driving that car. And, um, you know, because Dooley is so prepared to. He's already decided that that Howard's guilty. Well, he's probably getting pressure from up above yeah. the powers that be. Which, yeah. who, who runs the SSR? That's an excellent, excellent question. What department do they belong to the Department of Defense? Well, it's not Homeland, obviously. Yeah. So I guess, you know, Department of Defense. They're not a police department. They don't belong to the FBI. They yeah, don't they're belong- an intelligence agency. They don't belong to the CIA. Yeah. But they're government funded, so... Who are they? Don't know. Hmm. Fictional. S- yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. So we go to Stark's house and we see Jarvis... Um, Jarvis finishing up his breakfast and and his we we only hear his wife Anna again um she's gonna she's gonna get, do the dishes if he'll leave him and he was like okay so because of course he's like he sees Peggy I'll outside take you up on that he sees Peggy outside and so he rushes to the door and he's like hey and so Peggy's like I want to look at the vault and um <laughs> you're she, not dressed for it <laughs> so um so Jarvis leads her to the to the big house because I'm guessing he was in some kind of like like a a guest not it's not a guest house but something like that well, like the house kind of the housekeeper well you know every big mansion has a housekeeper's area and they have they have a, a a side home for <clears throat> for butler i don't want to call them slaves servants no. yeah. uh, you know all yeah. big mansions have the 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 servants quarters yeah so i'm Plus, guessing jarvis is yeah. the primary i mean he's the butler that's the tippy top but of the we, we've servant okay. hierarchy if you listen to our Gotham podcast, there is like half a podcast about butlers alone. About so. buttling. Yeah. Buttling. Because you can go to school for that. Yes, you can. That was so cool. And so um, he uh, takes her to uh, the big house and he, he tells her, because she's like, okay, there was a storm the night that the robbery took place. And he's like, yeah. And he tells her about it. And um, But before they can go anywhere, Susan Thompson show up. And Peggy kind of hides near the door. Jarvis is like, hey. Okay, now wait. When she walks in, mm-hmm. she very promptly puts that big old purse of hers on that table. Yep. And they show it in the camera. Mm-hmm. Or on... In the shot. In the shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's in the shot pretty prominently. Mm-hmm. But they never mention it. Yeah, because I kind of thought one of them would catch sight of it. And it would be a thing, but it, it turned ne- out to not be a thing. Because they were, it was so centered, 
he look at this and then they didn't follow through with that yeah that's either bad writing bad directing or bad editing yeah because it could have something could have been cut out for time and And i because i kept waiting for them to mention oh what was that purse when you know they do the interrogate what was this purse doing and nobody yeah nobody yeah so um Jarvis opens the door and they're like, hey, we want to, we found this uh, bumper was found. And Jarvis is like, oh, I reported it stolen. So thanks for letting me know. And Thompson's like, no, you need to come with us because we want to talk to you. And at this point, Thompson's like, well, I could wait and get a warrant. But then, you know, he goes in this big drawn out thing. And the only reason I think Jarvis goes with him is because Peggy's like right there. Yeah, he goes to pr- protect um, to protect Peggy, and Peggy knows that. Yeah, and so they go. Uh, Peggy then goes to the SSR right behind the guys, and um, this is where Krasminski starts asking for anybody to cover his night shift, and um, it's it's desperate, and he's a, a complete jackass, and so uh, she goes to look in on the interrogation. Because Sousa and Dooley are watching Thompson. I love how talk she Jarvis. Just, just casually shows up. Yeah, you know, as you do. And Jarvis, you know, insists upon uh, Stark's innocence. Yes, ma'am, you're raising your hand. I am. Um, we were talking about the SSR. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a part of anything. It is a. It's joint between the United States and the United Kingdom. Okay. It doesn't seem to report to any particular branch of government and we see later that shield reports to the world security council so it's not beholden to the u.s government directly right and ssr gets absorbed by shield yeah eventually so um but it doesn't seem to have a a parent yeah anything okay that's interesting uh so the headquarters is actually located in london really the new york office is the new york office yeah because i'm looking at the ssr uh, strategic Scientific Reserve mm-hmm. headquarters is located in London, which is where we saw Cap get his shield and yes. all that. Where they so that was the headquarters. Yeah, where I want to call him Dominic Howard Stark. Yes, because it was the Dominic Cooper Howard Stark. Yes, and where he kissed uh, Lorraine and yeah, and all, that was in London. So. Okay, all right, that's yeah. It doesn't seem to report to any particular upline. Okay, well that's. Okay, that's that makes sense. Yeah, sort not really, but yeah, we'll go with it. Okay, sorry. So Jarvis um, insists that you know Stark is is innocent, and Thompson's like, yeah, you know, but you're not. You're not because you were charged with treason. Uh-oh. In the war. Ooh, that when okay, the first time I watched this, I was like, oh I shit, felt like I had been punched in the chest. I know. I was like, Jarvis, how dare you not tell me? I know. I was How betrayed by a fictional character. Yeah. Through the TV. Happens a lot, though. Personally. Personally betrayed. I was personally betrayed. That was, yeah. I know. Jarvis didn't tell me. Not I, Peggy. Me. Yeah. And um, so Thompson insinuates that, that Stark's uh, money was able to get him out of it. And um, but Jarvis did get a dishonorable discharge out of, out of it. So, yeah. And that's on record. And so... um. Thompson then, man, he threatens to have Jarvis deported. And his wife. And for Anna to find out what happened. 
And um, immediately Jarvis is like, he gets like a really deep gravelly voice and he's like, leave her out of this. He's very protective of his wife. Very protective of Anna. Yes. And so um, Dooley's like, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to be great. He's like two minutes away from telling us what Stark they're had for breakfast. Yes, they're convinced that Jarvis is going to give up everything. Yep. Because, because the butler knows. Well, he does, but. That's true. And so um, this is when uh, we, at, at this point, we've found out that there is a, uh, which you'll have to explain to me why this is important. I mean, okay. I know why it's important. But, okay. Uh, what is it? The file. The uh, the missing car report. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get that Jarvis filed it. Mm-hmm. Why would them having it or not having it be a big deal? Because like they said, he because could have lied about it. Be- true, but it is on paper his alibi, and Dooley had it because well, it got lost. It and got if it's lost. if it's lost, then Jarvis doesn't have an alibi. They can hold him longer. Yes, because there's nothing is computerized. It's all in files. So yeah, Dooley guess, could lose it, and Jarvis would quote lose. I guess because they his made alibi. such a big deal about the fact that he co- totally could have lied about it because he did, um, and why that was such a big deal. But yeah, that's but true. it was it. It's his cover, and as long as he has that, they can't. They legally can't hold him. Hold him for without charging the, him. Yes, with the the ex implosion of Rexon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. Imp- that's why. Yeah. So I mean it's it's flimsy, but it's it's something is better than nothing. Yeah. It's it's a point in Jarvis's corner. Yeah. And Dooley's trying to hide it. So and Peggy decides she she needs it. Well, of course she and does. So she goes in with Cause, the stack cuz cuz Jarvis. Exactly. So her she baby. goes in with, She goes in with a stack of files and she's like you need to sign this and as she puts it down, she then picks up the the car the missing so, car report with so her. nonchalantly and um so she's she sneaks off and um, because jarvis is a cinnamon roll that must be protected he must be protected yes and so uh thompson and dooley are out in the hall and um she waits for them to open the door she's so good and then she hands the the missing car report to dooley and says here's that missing car report and then Jarvis sees it, and he's like, well, I'll be going then. Well, I'll have a nice... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And... Yeah. Jarvis knows that Peggy knows... What... Jarvis knows what she just did. That she knows... That he knows that... Wait. Jarvis knows she just took one... She just she took, just took one, for, one the for the team. And not on the good, in a good way. No. And no. she's hurting herself because when they escort him out later, he sees her in the principal's office getting yelled getting at. chewed out. Yeah. And she's looking at him like, you're going to explain this shit to me. Mm-hmm. What did I just put my neck on the line for you? Exactly. And so she gets yelled at and because she screwed up because Thompson was going to have him talk any minute now. And um, so she she gets uh, she gets sent out of the office and um, he he orders her out and this is when she sees she sees Jarvis and he's he knows full well what she did to protect him I I love Haley and James they work so they could not have picked two more perfect actors to play these two she is Agent Carter she She is is Peggy and he is Jarvis yes yes he is I have not seen a um a dub thingamabob from Haley and I don't know how long I know I miss them one. I miss them but I don't they're not filming anymore so they're not together yeah but oh my gosh you've got to go to YouTube 
and look up those the dub smash because the two of them together oh they're precious the she got him to do and those. he and he would do anything she asked him to yes. just like jarvis would do anything for peggy yes. so there is drag there is drag dressing at there one is point. i'm not gonna ruin was it that the car washing I th- yes yes it was oh dear yeah. i'm sorry i didn't mean to give it away just as you said i'm not gonna tell you i'm like i'll just spit it out that's fine oh my gosh it's great we didn't spoil the song or what the car is the dubs i think there's a whole youtube of all of them strung together it should there should be um so we go back to the griffith and um peggy is preparing herself to go out to work when angie is she's wearing pants yeah she's wearing because before she was not dressed properly no it's nice to see her She's she's suiting up properly attired, and so Angie comes uh, and she knocks at the door, and I lo- I love Angie because she just plows and she's like, oh my god, I had a really crappy day, and she's going like a mile a minute. Well, that's how girlfriends treat each other. And Peggy's like, and then she's like, oh, I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. And I love that Angie's like, okay, I have some schnapps and some pie. Let's see which ma- which makes one makes uh, us sick makes first. Sick yes, first. I'm like, oh, I love Angie, and um, Peggy blows her off, and because she kind of has to. And Angie's like, oh, no, I see how it is. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's like, no, no, it's no. fine. It's fine. You just brush me off. It's fine. It's fine. And she follows Angie out into the hallway. And this is when we, uh, Miriam comes up with the new tenant to replace Molly. Uh, and it's uh, Dottie Underwood. Uh-oh. And she's a ballet dancer. Ballet dancer, not belly dancer. I said ballet. ballet. You did. I'm just making sure I heard you okay. right. Okay, yeah, ballet. Ballet. Because ballet is, you know, discipline. They're disciplined. Usually she doesn't go in for dancers. Miriam. Miriam, man. You got to respect her, though. She's doing, she is doing what she's being paid to do, though. She's, she's doing protecting she these, these women's virtue. Yep. Which this, I mean, you got to remember, this is a communal home for young women. Yeah. And in the 40s, you know, single women were in danger. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what they were doing. And so Angie's like, yeah, whatever, Iowa, and she leaves. Um, but so, yeah, so now we have somebody new on their floor. And, and the, she's just like so mom and apple she's pie. She's so happy to be here. I'm just, I'm from Iowa, and mm. I've never met a British person before. And you're just like, all right, all right, calm down, Dottie. Well, you know she's got to mean something. Yeah. Because it's such a, a strong... For them to show strong her. strong scene, but such a very... Prominent. Prominent scene. Yeah. So, uh, so Peggy goes back to the Stark, the Stark mansion, and um, her and Jarvis go to investigate the giant hole in the vault that nobody felt the need to, like, patch up or anything? Uh, apparently not. And there's no crime scene tape or anything. You know how I feel about crime scene tape. I know. Well, they, so, didn't, repor- they didn't report the theft, though. Okay, so let's let's think this hole in the floor through for a second. Okay. Okay. Um, it was storming. He explains it was storming that night really, yes. really badly. The power and alarm system was out. were out for hours. Mm-hmm. So, all of that in mind, there's a giant hole in the floor. Right. Now, an explosion, somebody might have noticed. Well, they did say something about the storm probably covered up any noise. Because think about That's Jarvis. That's one serious storm. Yeah, but Jarvis isn't in the main house. True. So and where was Howard? Said, and he said that, that rain okay, and, but, and a sherry makes him go straight to sleep. Yes, right, right. Okay, but, but follow with me here. Yeah. You're explaining before I even get to what I'm trying to say. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm thinking, if you remember... In 
you you know i know where you're going in winter soldier the concrete cutter the concrete cutter that fury uses and it was used in something else and i can't i think it was shield it popped back up again where somebody cut through like concrete or something like something. that something so i'm wondering if that's how they got through but then again you have to wonder how did they get that technology that seems like something stark would have built well they explain where no they explain Somewhere in one of the movies, somewhere somebody explains where that came from. Gamma knife, or not gamma knife, but it's something. Yeah. We'll have to do some research offline. I doubt, I mean, I'm doubt, I'm kind of just grasping at straws here, but I'm just really wondering. But that was my thought Okay, too. so. What cuts through concrete like that? So do you think an explosion could have done that? The only reason I think it is an explosion is because the hole was jagged. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, are we talking C4? Don't know. Dynamite? Because it didn't damage the sewer underneath. Not particularly. I don't know. Hmm. 40s explosive experts, where yeah, are you? Yeah, I know. We, somebody who knows about this sort of thing needs to write in and tell us. Yeah. So Randomtpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. Okay, thank so you. So they're going to climb down into the sewers. and uh, Jarvis has done this before. Jarvis has done this before. And, um... So Peggy's like, uh, Peggy's talking to him. And she's like, you know, so. you, you can you can keep this secret. It's fine. And he's like, I really respect that. Thank you. And um, so they talk about, they start to try to figure out how the hell they got all this equipment out of the vault. And Peggy's like, okay, it was raining. And so she thinks because of New York is one of the few cities that still uses the sewers for uh, storm drain off for storm drain. And she was like, he would have just been able to get a boat and just float it away and so they're they're gonna follow the tunnel to find out where they could have offloaded and the whole time peggy's like so about that treason you don't have to tell me or anything but five seconds later can you tell me okay but really yeah so we go back to the ssr really quick and krasminski is just really unsuccessful at finding anybody to help him because he's an asshole and um so he's he's got the night shift with Sousa. And um, so they're talking, and Krasminski's like, are you sweet on, on Carter? And Susan's like, no. no. And he's like, yeah, well, you shouldn't be, because she's never going to go for a guy like you after Captain America. And I'm what like, was it? He Aww. says they're never, she's never going to trade in the red, white, and blue for aluminum yeah, or, or some garbage. Like. I was like, that's so painful. But that's why I'm like, yeah, yeah, Susan's going to be her husband at some point. Yeah, it's... The foreshadowing there's, is too strong. There, there's hinting that the possibility of Thompson. Mm-mm. No. Tom, I, and I, oh, I, in my logic, uh, I ruled that out because he was in the Pacific Theater. Yes, you did. You very much meted that right on out. But I yeah. really do think just the filing incident alone yeah. is enough to s- no. Uh, yeah. And so we go back to them in the in the tunnels and the sewers and um. So, Peggy finally, she's like, all right, listen, uh, you do need to tell me. I'm sorry, I do need to know. I thought I could deal with not knowing, but you need to tell me about it. And so, At least she's honest. That's true. And so, Jarvis is like, okay, well, I used to work for this general. And we used to travel around Europe, and I met Anna in Budapest. 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 Just saying. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, and so, he met her, and but she's Jewish. So as soon as the war broke out... Is his wife named Anna or Ava? Anna. It's Anna, but it's, he pronounces it Anna. And so um, 
she's Jewish. And so um, when the war broke out, it was like, yeah, let's get my uh, Jewish. Uh, I, it wasn't. Cl- they must not have been married yet. Not at the time. Um, no. Let's get her out of there because of, you know, the Nazis. And uh, so he wanted to get her out with this letter of transit from uh, that his general kept. But the guy refused. So colossal asshole. And so Jarvis um, stole one and forged it. Yeah, that's not canon. That's not canon? No. Who's his the wife in canon? The, no, nobody. Oh, okay. The only relative listed is his mother. So, And sorry. we haven't met her yet. I would like to meet her. Uh, soon. So, um... So, he forged the signature and he got caught. Oops. Um, and so, but Stark used to work with the general and he got to know Jarvis and liked him. So, Stark did bail him out. And Stark was able to get Anna out. Yes. And so, he owes Howard Stark a lot. It explains Jarvis's loyalty yes. to Howard, even though Howard is a complete and total ass. Yes. And Jarvis has to do all kinds of crap for him. Yeah. But... He owes him his very life. Yeah. Not just not just his wife, but his own life and the life he leads. I mean, it's, yeah. he owes him everything, really. And I really like the line where Peggy was like, oh, God, she was Jewish. And he's like, she still is, she I'm still happy is. to say. I thought that, I, I like that. I thought that was so sweet. And so um, they reach the end of the tunnel and they see where there is a ship nearby with that design, the heart with the squiggle. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's the thing that he couldn't write down the ship is the heartbreak, but he drew the, sim- drew the symbol, but whatever. You know, the heart with a squiggle. Yeah, heart squiggle. And so um, now that they know where they're going, they're going to go drive. Um, so they go back through the tunnel and they drive to the ship. <laughs> and Peggy does give Jarvis a gun, which it That's could go sweet. either way. That's sweet. And so they go on the ship and they find... Um, they find all the stuff. They find Stark's uh, weapons in crates. And so they start <laughs> looking through and Jarvis is like, oh, that one, that's nasty. <laughs> that glows green. It was supposed to be a massage. It was supposed to be. Well, you know, when 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 Howard starts inventing things, he just can't stop. He can't. And so he's like, oh, this was supposed to be a massage, uh, massage thing, but it turns out it's going to, it can break bones. And so, um, it's a little too good. Peggy's like, great, we can call this in. He's like, um, and what are you going to tell them? And she's like, I'll tell them that I've been running my own investigation. He'll be like, yeah, you're going to get locked up. You can't do that. And he starts to question her as though he's a superior officer. So we kind of see that side of Jarvis for just a second. Yeah. And it makes her step back just for for an instant. And And she does. She concedes. She's like, yeah, you're right. Damn and it. so she's like, um, all we can do is, is call this in because we can't just leave this here. And so she's like, I can, she's like, I can uh, maybe handle Sousa getting the credit. So she said, call yeah. the SSR. He's working tonight and give him the tip. And so, uh, and so uh, Jarvis is going to go outside to the payphone. So he can but, call. But but make sure you conceal your accent they, because they know what you sound like. And he's like, hey, Mac, I got a hot tip, buddy. buddy. <laughs> so awkward and bad, and I love That's it. It's terrible. I love it. And so he calls it into Susan. Susan's like, what the fuck just happened? And so 
he goes back to the ship, but um, so Peggy's there and she thinks it's Jarvis coming back, but it's a uh, it's a very large uh, henchman. And he's oh, like, Brennan said somebody would come. And so they start they start fighting. And um, but I love the part where she's like, did he say that I wouldn't make it easy? And he's like, yeah, he told me that, too. And so they have they have a full on fight like he is not underestimating her as a woman. No they fight. And so um, she manages. Well, he's a brute of a man. Yeah, he he like gets a grip on her throat. And but this is when Jarvis comes in and hits him over the head with a board and it doesn't knock him out, but at least gives her a chance to use the muscle thing on him mm-hmm. and break his arm. Oh, it's I think to it's crack the and his arm like contracts, sh- up contracts and, up. And yeah. I don't know how much of that CGI and how much of that is his arm work. It was good, though, if you can't tell the difference. But I yeah. How much of that? Yeah, because it was yeah yeah. Apparently, yeah. I can't stop saying yeah. I was very impressed. Apparently, yeah. The way his arm and I'm, of course I'm holding She's my arm up. It I am right I'm, now. How his it clenches up and his muscles were being funky and mm-hmm. it was good stuff. It looked it looked very painful. And so Peggy manages to just flat out knock his ass out. And so this is the part that I was like, I don't understand this, but <laughs> they hear sirens. Why is an SSR vehicle I don't with a know. siren? I don't know. We're a covert intelligence agency. Be-doop, be-doop. Well, do you think maybe Sousa called backup? No, it was their car. Like, okay. I could see them in the car with with the... And it wasn't like a... With the thing in the thing? The, the thing on the dashboard. It wasn't like a car equipped with a siren. Okay, it was one of those. so you think it was like one that they just stuck on the dash? Yeah. Huh. But I don't know why if they're trying to be covert about it. So yeah, I, I it fit it advanced the plot. Yeah, it gave them an escape. There you go. So so what if? Okay, they have a siren. Yeah, <laughs> what if they had a siren? Okay, yeah, you can see that in the writers' room, can't you? So Peggy wants to take this guy because obviously she's seen he's seen both of them. Well, he's a witness now. Yeah, and uh, and Jarvis is like, we don't have time. Get the fuck out of here. Jarvis is so smart. He really is. And as bumbling well, as he is in some respects, he's not an idiot. I think he started out acting more innocent than he really is mm-hmm. with Agent Carter to try and cover up some of what Howard Stark's really doing. Yeah, because we still don't know about that. No, I think I think it's part of it is is a cover. Yeah. To Peggy. Yeah. And so uh, this is when Sousa and Chris Minsky show up and. Um, they see all the weapons, and Chris Minsky's like, we're going to get promotions for this. And Sousa, it does not sit well with Sousa, because he's like, this was a setup. And he was like, no, so was a good Samaritan. And he's like, no, good Samaritan's no. called the police. This person called us. We we're not, not the, listed. We're not in the phone book. No. <laughs> and so um, they call Dooley in. They call all the lab guys in. And um, Dooley wondered why this, why this thug was just waiting. Right. And, of course, they don't know that he was working for Brannis, who is dead, and he was waiting on him. And yeah, he didn't know he was dead. So, yeah. And so, um, Dooley has, uh, he puts Krasminski on the uh, job of bringing this guy back to the SSR. Well, somebody's got to. And he's like, don't take the scenic route. Get him behind SSR walls, like, immediately. He knows stuff. Yes. We got to interrogate him. Oh, dear. And so, um, they're driving away, and... Uh, the guy is, uh, he's, he's like, who, was that English lady working for you? 
And Krasminski, for being a dumb shit, was like, do what now? Uh, excuse me, huh? And um, so they start to talk, but um, they're stopped at a light. Or is it a train? Yeah. It was a, it was a train. Something. And, but it was, they show the stoplight very prominently. And um, they get bumped, while they're still talking about this, they get bumped uh, from behind uh, by the car behind them. And so, of course, Krasminski goes out and he's like, hey, and he gets shot, like, immediately. Shot dead. By a very shadowy figure. And um, who goes straight to the uh, the side where this thug is waiting. And he's like, I didn't tell him anything. He's I didn't tell begging him for his life. And so he obviously knew who this guy, whoever it was, looking at him. He knew who he was. Yeah. And so, because he knew Brannis's name. So he knew a fair bit. Um, but he gets shot for his trouble. And then the driver uh, goes and drives away in their own vehicle. So, yeah. 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 Poor Krasinski. Um, and so the next day, Peggy shows up to work and she finds that Krasinski's desk is covered in flowers and everybody's crying. And Rose tells her that it's so horrible. Mm. And so Peggy finds out that he's dead. And um, this is when uh, Sousa, which I, I did I did really like this because Sousa's like, it really takes you back, doesn't it? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he said, the war. Mm-hmm. He treats her... Like she was part of it too, because she yes. was. Yeah, he right. Re- he still recognizes and respects that part of her. I don't think he's quite to the point of treating her as an equal yet. Yeah, but he shows her more respect than anybody else in that team. Yeah, and um, so Thompson's Thompson tells her he kind of fills her in that it was a hit, and it killed both Krasinski and their witness, and um, so they're like, nope, we're gonna find the guy that did this, and Dooley comes out. And he's like, I want you all to remember that this was because of Stark. He's con- he well, might he not is have, convinced. He might not have pulled the trigger, but this is because of Stark. But at the same time, it's kind of Dooley's job. Yeah. He's been tasked with finding Stark. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I can see why he's being so one-track mind about it. Yeah. So he's going to call uh, Krasminski's wife, and then Thompson's like, I'll call his girlfriend. Mm, it still hurts. It's, it does. And so um, Peggy then goes to the automat at that night after work, and Angie's very cool toward her, but she's like, y- And you know, cool in a cold kind of way, yeah, cold she's shoulder. Like, Only not like a, I'm yeah. talking to you because I'm paid to wait on you. And um, Peggy is barely holding back tears at this point, and she asks her, she's like, can I tell you about my day if that would be okay? And Angie's immediately like, yeah, That'd that be would nice be nice. For a change. And so Peggy tells her about Krasminski and, um, and how upsetting it was, even though she didn't even like him. And Angie's like, is there anything I can do? And Peggy's like, do you still have that schnapp, those schnapps? Those schnapps or that schnapps? That bottle. Anyway. And um, so Pe- and so Angie's like, yeah, let me let me clock out and and we can go. And that's our last scene. Mm. I love Angie so much. A lot of a lot of. I Angie. adore Angie. She's fabulous. I think she's a good balance. Other side, yeah, balance. Yeah, uh, for Peggy to lean on a little bit. Well, Peggy needs support too. She As does. Jarvis reminded her last episode. Well, even though. You know, she can't really tell Angie everything because she just says, you know, a co-worker of mine died and there's something yeah. suddenly. So, you know, you're thinking heart attack, stroke, yeah, whatever. But She's letting her think whatever she wants to think. But she's letting Angie be her shoulder. Yeah. Which is what she needs. So She does. So I, I'm happy about that. And um, 
as much as like this whole Miriam trying to protect their virtue thing, socially it squicks me out because I don't believe in that. But Miriam's awesome. I do adore I mean, she's Miriam. Killing it. Yes. She's she's just doing her job. She is. She is. So I, I think that's hilarious. And um man, she knows. Like I don't know how she knew about Molly, but she knew. Yeah. So yeah. Miriam ain't dumb. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She's not scared of no horses. She's not scared of horses. <laughs> Sorry, it's an inside joke. Yeah. I apologize. So. Um, which I can't even begin to explain. Yeah. So, I was, yeah. I like, I need to know what happened next. I know. I know. I'm ready for the next episode. I mean, this is three episodes in. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I dislike Thompson, but I like Thompson. Yes. And do the same thing with Julie and even Chris Minsky. Yeah, there's he was great at being that character. The only real complaint I have about this episode is that purse. Yeah, and it mine was, was mine would be the siren. Okay, yeah. Now that you've brought it up, I, I can see that. So, what would be your favorite scene? Um, of course. Now I have to think of one too. And I really like seeing the girls down at breakfast, and I loved the whole like Angie going. Oh, this can't be good. <laughs> I, I, like I like Hitler's never no uh, Houdini. Yeah, Houdini's, Houdini's never, never good. good. I, I really like that. That was a cute scene. Yeah, I like. I like Jarvis telling the story of his wife. Yeah, I, I love a good background. Oh, I do too. I love a good origin story. Yeah, um, and especially since that's never really it's not really talked about in canon. Um, I really like that. Yeah, that I was just good. love Jarvis. I'm glad. I, and I like the idea that she that she's like, listen, this shouldn't bother me, but I need to know because okay, we're yeah, together. if I'm going to trust you, and yeah. he's like, well, Mr. Uh, Mr. Stark trusts me, isn't that enough? She's like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, no, and I don't blame her. No, I don't either. And, and she says to him, I'm sure it's you know with good reason, and you know how things get blown out of but proportion. I'm having to rely on you myself yes. now, and I need, I need to, know. to know. So yeah, yeah, I liked. The way he explained it. And she still is, I'm thankful to say. And the scene that hurt me was Peggy getting yelled at. That hurt me because she's so good. The scene that hurt me was her walking back into the office after Kreminsky was dead. Yeah. Because she... You could feel her guilt. Yeah. In that whole scene. You could... Like if I wouldn't have called them out. So acted and directed, it was so well done. Yeah. You could feel the heaviness of the scene. Yeah. So, I know. really enjoyed it. But I did, too. So, uh, anything else? No. All right, well, thank you. I'm ready you f- for the next episode. I know. Well, we're about to do it. Okay. So, thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>